welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Imani and BreastPumps.com. Experience optimal pumping with hospital strength output, as well as a never-before-seen boost mode. But we will hear more from our sponsors... Uh, later on, but you can head to badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com and check out our sponsor page if you need anything. Uh, see if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast pop- possible. And while you're there, you can scroll down and you can enter your email address and we will send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And I'd love to hear this week's review of the week. It's a good one because it's got a question with it, which I thought oh, cool. would be very appropriate for solutions to breastfeeding problems, oh, yeah. right? Right. So, hello, guys. I recently found your podcast and I love it. I relate so much to them and learn so much. My baby is four months old and we have struggled with weight gain since birth. She has gained about two pounds since birth and is exclusively breastfed. She had a tongue and lip tie that was revised around six weeks. Her doctor isn't too concerned because she has grown four inches in length and just wants more weight checks. I have noticed my milk isn't super fatty when I pump and it sits in the fridge. Is there anything I can do to increase the fat content to hopefully help her gain weight or any other suggestions for weight gain? She has plenty of diapers and eats a lot, so I know it isn't a supply issue of not being fat enough. Oh my God, that's such a good question. I know. And I told her, I'm like, this gets asked a lot. So do you mind if I put this out as a review? Because this question, this is a a big thing for a lot of people. Or sometimes even people say, oh, your milk doesn't look fatty enough. Like if they see it pumped. Yes, exactly. Yep. Like who are you to question will say like, "Mm, I bet your breast milk probably doesn't have enough fat in it. Right. Right. Without even seeing it. Not that. Exactly. Without seeing it, without, they're just like, oh, I don't know if there's enough fat in your milk. But like, that's not a thing. Okay. So what I told her is, you know, that I was really, first of all, I was really glad her doctor wasn't like, you know, concerned looking at the length because a lot of times that gets missed too. People are like, oh, the baby's not weighing enough, but they're not looking at how much they're growing in length too, which yeah, is yeah. growth, by the way. So you have to like really appreciate that as well. That's really the more uh, important one too. You know, people just don't. Right. You I, look mean, at I mean, I'm and saying that, that as a non-medical professional, but like, I feel like that's growth. Like skinny yeah. fat, like we all kind of fluctuate. Right. Right. Yeah. But your height, you're not going to fluctuate. It's like not going to like, gr- oh, she right. lost two you're inches. Just, yeah. 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 You're right. Actually, I never thought about it like that. Um, and I, what I told her was, you know, the milk is perfect. Um, the baby's gaining the way she's supposed to gain. When babies are exclusively breastfed, their bodies are able to grow as they're meant to grow. Like that's how it is. And we, we're the ones that try to alter that. Like we're trying to like alter these babies' bodies and alter yeah. their growth patterns, but they grow the way they're supposed to grow. And you have to look at genetics and you have to consider all of that stuff when you're looking at your baby's growth pattern. Um, and I did tell her we have an episode on this because we do, so I can link that in the show notes. Um, but the other thing to remember is that your milk changes throughout the day. It changes all the time, feeding to feeding all throughout the day. Um, pumping is not a good indication of a lot of things when it comes to your milk, milk supply, milk fat, all of that stuff. And really might not be, she might be pumping at times where her milk isn't as fatty. Um, I did hear somebody say once, and I don't know if this is true or not, that pumping doesn't necessarily pull all the fatty milk out anyway. Um, Which that absolutely could be a thing because we know that pumps don't drain the breast well. There's always milk that's left behind. 
So there's a lot of reasons why you might not see that fat in the milk. It doesn't mean the fat's not there, but there's, you can't like eat this hugely fatty diet and think your milk is going to like become super fatty all of a sudden. Like that doesn't, it doesn't happen. Um, You'll just get high cholesterol. That's all. (laughs) But I, and I, and she was pretty content with that. She was just like, you know, she was glad to hear that she wasn't the only one that felt like that. So um, I just want people to know, like, if you are concerned that your milk isn't fatty enough, try to be reassured that your milk is exactly the way it's supposed to be for your baby. Yeah, your it body just, didn't get that wrong. No. Your body's not mm-hmm. like, oops, I didn't put enough fat in there. Oops, we were a little low on calories. <laughs> that doesn't happen like that. And no. like, because sometimes you see people with this like pumped milk and it's got like an inch thick of fat on top of it. And that's because that's that baby needs more fat. Right. That's the baby at that's, that time. Yeah. yeah. And it changes not just throughout the day, but like over time too. Yep. Like your milk is always adjusting to what your baby needs. Like your body does that by itself. It doesn't get it wrong. It's pretty And miraculous. pumping is the only time you ever see this, right? Right. Yeah. Because if good you're point. just like, if you weren't pumping, you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't have to have to wonder about this. No, you wouldn't even think about it. You no, you wouldn't have any idea how much like milk would get, how much fat would gather on the top of your milk if it sat around. Right. It's not. Yeah, it's just we. I mean, yeah. And I do wonder if somebody, and I should have asked her this, if somebody kind of planted that seed in her head. Well, you I know, think or formula companies planted and, the seed in our in our society's head. Yeah, it's true. You know that like. Because this is what we're told. Oh, your milk doesn't have enough fat in it after this amount of time. And your breast milk, you need more calories. So you need to supplement with this and that. Like, this <laughs> is totally like what people are told all the time. So ridiculous. It sells product. Mm-hmm. It does. It does because it feeds off our vulnerability, right? And our insecurities. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty shitty. So, yeah. So thank you so much for that, because it is a question that lots of people have. And thank you for sending us a review. And if you can put them on iTunes, that is great for us. It really helps the podcast a lot to like be seen and everything. Um, If you don't have the ability to do that and you still want to share the love, you can always send us an email at badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And we get those too. So thank you so much. We appreciate you. Diane is a in, inbox warrior over oh my at God. Badass Breastfeeding Podcast at gmail.com. I think I told somebody the other day, I was like, I need an assistant. I'm sorry. Like, because I'd like, it took me a few days to get back to her. Well, it's a lot. Like, there's sometimes there's a lot, you know, like it kind of goes in waves. Um, but I always like to make sure I try to answer questions for people too. So I know that's um, how I feel about Instagram. I'm always like, I have to answer everybody. Yeah. It's really, it's hard. Like if I spent, if I got paid for the stuff I take time doing that I don't get paid for, like I'd be a rich person, I think. I know. I feel like that. Well, right. Isn't that the whole thing with uh, women's work, right? Yep. Absolutely. Even just taking care of children is just free labor. Yep. Yeah. But we're going to talk about breastfeeding problems and some solutions to those breastfeeding problems, right? Because, and that's one of them, the fat in your breast milk. Is my milk fatty enough? That's a, that's a, I guess we could label that like a breastfeeding problem. Yeah. Problem that isn't a problem, but that everybody worries about. I know. Well, it turns into a problem because then people start changing things up and trying to intervene. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like trying to intervene is when things go real bad. I was just about to say that. And I, I did say that to a parent not too long ago. I was like, the more we mess with it, the harder it is. It really, yeah. like, that's what I've seen as my, you know, as a lactation consultant for all these years working with all these families, the more you mess with things, the worse it is. It just, it's not, you're disrupting the natural process. And what happens when you disrupt the natural process of things? doesn't go well. We see that in the, the animal world, in the animal kingdom all the time, right? Like it just doesn't go well when you disrupt the natural process of things. R- right. We no do different. this with birth. Birth is, mm-hmm. I think, where you yeah. really see this because birth is real, I think, is more like high profile. You know, there was like the business of being born, you know, documentary made. And so there's a lot more like, I think, I think, I think birthing interventions get more like radio airtime than breastfeeding ones. But you mm-hmm. see this, like, I, rem- you know, with birthing interventions, we see, like, intervention leads to more intervention. Like, it's not just like, oh, we'll do this little tweak here and then everything's fine. It's usually not like that. It's like, usually if we right. start messing with it, then we're going to continue to mess with it. Because now I we've am- messed up the flow. Right. Yeah. You've messed- so you have to, like, do something to help that. You know, it's like, yep. I am legitimately surprised when someone tells me that they were induced but never had to have pitocin because things moved along fast enough or you know like stuff like that where yeah it's yeah where it doesn't you don't fall into that category but the majority of people like everything there is every action is a reaction so it's like and breastfeeding is the same way and now that we're kind of talking about it and relating it to birth which is an absolutely great relatable thing it really makes you go okay so once we you know, like once we start messing with stuff, you have to keep doing stuff to make it, to try to fix it, you know, and yeah. it's just like becomes this mess. Um, if things are just, if you just kind of follow the baby's lead from day one, things are, things go a lot smoother, you know, but we are constantly trying to like, this can't be right. So I need to fix it. This can't be right. Or somebody's telling you, and I just had this situation happen with somebody and this is kind of can kind of get us into our first couple of problems where her pediatrician told her why don't you pump so we can see how much milk you're making and this was Ugh. in like the first week which caused an oversupply which caused her to have plugged milk ducts which caused her to do more feeding because her she had plugged milk ducts which caused more swelling in the breast tissue and more and then she's like oh my god i'm so uncomfortable i'm so full the baby can't latch i don't know what to do do i have mastitis i I have more plugs i feel so lumpy i feel so engorged i'm in so much pain like if we just leave it alone and let the baby feed it's good we're good you know most of the time we don't need to intervene if we just leave it alone sometimes those babies need a little help but if you're just trying to follow your baby's lead and you're not trying to pump too soon, you're not trying to drain the breast, you're not trying to do all these crazy stuff, like that is that is where we have problems, you know? And I think a lot of it too, like people, well, first of all, there's so much misinformation and we say that all the time, but mm-hmm. it is like, I think a lot of people also don't realize what you're going to feel like when that milk comes in and when you do have like lactating breasts, people don't realize that they do get lumpy, that they do get full feeling that, you know, like it's, and people go, Oh my God, do I have plugs? Is that a plug? Is that it? You know, like why, why do I feel so full all the time? Is that because, uh, you know, baby's not draining me now I have to pump. What happened? Like we just don't know. Right. Cause our society doesn't yeah. talk about 
the lactating breast and what to expect with that. So mm-hmm. we go, we're constantly walking around thinking there's something wrong. Yeah. How can you not think something's wrong when you have no idea what right is? Right. Exactly. Like, I don't know how this is supposed to be. So this could be wrong. And then we have yeah. that thinking that, I mean, I, I'm going to slide in here with my mental health, you know, information, yeah. which is like, you know, we are wired to think negatively about things. And it sounds weird, you know, because like, have hope and be positive. But humans are wired to think negatively. This is survival. It's like a survival tactic of mm-hmm. our brains. So you're going to think something's wrong so that you can, you know, fix it and be on guard and all of that. But you know, now as kind of modern humans, this gets in the way of our normal functioning at times, especially if we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Then we're just automatically on guard. That's yeah, And then you get really bad. You try to take it to somebody for help and then give you really bad information. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <sighs> it's just like, but there's a reason why it's so hard to be positive, right? Like it's because, yeah. like that's why people have classes and like... <laughs> meditations about it because it's like we just aren't you know we just aren't positive people to start like just naturally positive people it's like there's always a problem there's always something wrong we're just expecting everything to like blow up at any moment Mm -hmm. it's just really hard but that's so one of the biggest things i think is like the plug docs so we'll talk about that before like we get into other stuff since we just kind of mention it where plug people are really terrified of plug milk docs and that they can be painful. People ask, like, what do they feel like? How do I know if I have one? Um, what do I do if I get one? And people get crazy. Like, they will, like, do all sorts of crazy stuff to try to get rid of this milk duck. You, this plug milk duck. So, usually mm-hmm. when it feels like it feels tender, it might feel like a, almost like a pebble or like a rot. Like, you might feel a little hard spot in the breast. It might be a little bit painful. Um, People will be like, I just keep feeding the baby on that side and keep pumping it and try to get out. And I'm massaging and massaging and massaging. The massaging has to stop, everybody. Oh, my God. Really? Well, that deep, like, people massage till they bruise. Oh, yeah. That that is not, yeah, that is not okay. Like, if it's very light massage, almost like, you know, lymphatic drainage, like very light massage, Mm -hmm. very light massage where you're like how you would touch your baby. Mm -hmm. That is how it should be. If you are doing like a deep tissue breast massage to try to really work this, what you're doing is you're damaging those milk ducts. You're causing more Mm -hmm. inflammation because what Mm -hmm. it is, inflammation, that's what it is. It's not like you have milk just coagulated and stuck there. It's like inflammation in the milk ducts just closing up those ducts. Mm -hmm. So if you are, we have to treat it like inflammation. You have to treat it like you would a swollen ankle or something like that. And you don't like go after a swollen ankle as hard as you would massage, you know? (laughs) So like that would be kind of painful. And the breast is the same way. So very, you know, ice, say ice and ibuprofen. Like that's all you really need. Ice, ibuprofen because it's inflammation, ice because it's inflammation and, you know, Tylenol, whatever, like acetaminophen, whatever you you take for pain. That's unbelievable. Because I would have mm -hmm. said warm compress and massage. The so the warm kind because people ask about the warm compress, yeah. but the warm compress is good for if you're about to feed. 
Because yeah. sometimes if you're full like, like the that, the milk pumping. doesn't let down. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And hands-on pumping is still okay. And that's massage, but it's not deep massage. Right. Yeah. We're trying to avoid that because people will seriously bruise people their own skin. People will go at it. Yeah. 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 They're like literally and, like trying to break it up like it's a kidney stone or something. Exactly. <laughs> like yes. And it's like jackhammer that's Right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's not okay. So you can do the heat before because that helps to kind of open things up. Like, you know, like when you get in the warm shower and your milk just kind of like lets down. Mm-hmm. It's the same idea. But after the feed, we want ice because that helps with that swelling. Yeah. So um, it's always like after the feed, we want ice, ice, ibuprofen. Um, don't feed excessively because what that does is that's going to cause more milk. Remember, like the, oh, it's, yeah. We work on a supply and demand system. So if you are in this in this like role where you are like, oh my gosh, I have this plug and you're trying to just constantly feed. And if you're not feeding, then you're trying to pump it out. What you're doing is you're causing more milk supply, which is going to give you more plugs. So it's going to just cause more problems. It's like you have to stop all the things. If you feel a plug, just like feed like you normally would, ice, ibuprofen, but people just really panic. And sometimes it's normal, natural physiology too. It's not like, like, okay, that's, you're just, you're just lumpy. Like it's just fullness of the breast. That's all it is. And people go, oh my God, if they, you know, the baby's not draining me. It's like, because you have too much milk, the baby can't. Yeah. So and then one of the, th- sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and then sometimes people start, you know, pumping to drain them, you know, breasts because, oh, the baby didn't take all the milk, so I had to pump it. It's like that causes more problems. You're just leading to more milk, which is going to cause more problems. What about the deal with pointing the baby's chin towards the area where the duck, plug duct is? Yeah, that's not you heard a thing that? either. Yes, yes. That's very old information. That's like a myth. We should put that on the myths episode. That is like um that's that's a myth because we don't know I feel like where that plug is coming from. Ducks myth. We probably could. <laughs> <laughs> we probably could. And there's a new mastitis protocol out now which is blowing people's minds because it talks about a lot of this stuff and really reverses what everybody thought you should do. Um as far as like the massaging and stuff like that and the extra pumping and stuff. But um, yeah, people will say that like, I try to point the, you know, if you like putting the baby in different positions is fine. Um, but trying to point the baby in the position of where the blockage is, that's that blockage could be anywhere. Like it, it, it doesn't just because it's say on the left, on the top of the left of the breast, it doesn't mean that's where it, originated like that could be draining anywhere so you have to really that doesn't matter same with dangle feeding like that was actually in the mastitis protocol that there is no evidence behind dangle feeding Mm. and people will do that and there's you know so they said in the mastitis protocol like that might be actually like not a great position for the baby but we're doing Mm. it because we think it's helpful because people say do it right but there's really no evidence behind that actually working to actually drain better what about my tit in a teacup? Um, well, that's thing. just like the the heat. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. yeah, that's just heat. For people who don't remember, it's where you like fill a bowl. Not a. Te- I don't know who ha- who gets a teacup for their breast, but if you do, I don't know. Go people ahead. in England, right? Well, <laughs> well it's also small. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Whether that's you true. use a teacup or like your popcorn bowl, however big your boobs are. <laughs> <laughs> you fill it with warm water and then you kind of lean over it, you know, put it on the table and lean over and let your boobs soak in there. Um, but there might, 
that might be kind of some, you know, another wives tale kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, but sometimes like pe- stuff works for someone. So they put it out yeah, there right. just like they say that, you know, with the cabbage leaves, there's really, there's oh, no God, research yeah. behind that at all. Um, they're cold. So that's, you know, like how I'm mm-hmm. sitting here saying, do ice, do ice, but they're cold. So that's probably why they feel good. But I mean, they could have bacteria on them. How much, how many times does, you know, produce get recalled for listeria and all that Ew. other kind of crap? Okay. So we have to take a break, but I have to tell a story <laughs> before we take a break. I okay. was eating an, I was eating a nectarine. You know what a nectarine okay. is? I don't know why I'm yeah. asking you what a nectarine is. <laughs> 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 A nectarine. Okay, I'm eating a nectarine. I'm sitting in my living room eating a nectarine. I take a bite of this nectarine. And I just kind of casually look down at it as I take a bite and pull it away. And a flippin' earwig comes crawling out of it. A gigantic earwig crawls out of my nectarine into this world. Oh, my God. And we are no longer... I screamed my face off, hurled it across the room. Jack starts crying because he doesn't know what the hell's going on. Oh my and god. And I'm like, oh my god, a bug. Blah, blah, blah. And now we're off pitted fruits. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I will have all of your sprayed with pesticides produce. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> I know. Oh God. I'm totally uh, traumatized. Yeah. No, thank so, you. So sorry to ruin your if you're if you're like eating breakfast or something, sorry. Yeah. But we will be right back with more from our breastfeeding problems. Breastfeeding problems. Solutions to breastfeeding problems. Solutions, yes. All right. Today's episode is brought to you by Imani and BreastPumps.com. Helping mothers everywhere with the right tools, Imani recently released the Imani I1 dual breast pump featuring the quietest motor on the market. Experience optimal pumping with hospital strength output as well as a never-before-seen boost mode. Whether pumping from one breast or both, this smart system maintains a constant pumping pressure. Its two main cycles, massage and express, include multiple vacuums on each cycle. Portable, efficient, and hands-free, find out why Imani USA products are trusted by over 46 million mothers around the world throughout their breastfeeding journey. For more information, visit Imani USA, that's I-M-A-N-I-U-S-A.com and use code BADASS for 25% off of your purchase. That's ImaniUSA.com, code BADASS for 25% off of your purchase. Or you can visit breastpumps.com forward slash Imani and you can place an order with your insurance benefits. Amazing. Yes. So, bam. So, you can find this information um, in our show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. At badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you will also find uh, our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane, who can help you with all sorts of breastfeeding problems, which is worth it. In yes. The end. Oh my God. So worth it. Yes. Cause people call me when it's like, we're really into the, you know, you're into we the have a, doldrums yeah. of things. Well, yeah. yeah. And people are like, oh, lactation consultant, I can't afford it. Or, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, this should not be seen as, you know, an extra. And it's, it sucks that insurance doesn't always cover it. But, but this is like, 
I, I, this is if you want to breastfeed and you're having issues, this is the, this is the key. Mm-hmm. This is not an extra. This is not, you know, this is not something you can really pass up. And I think, like, I mean, we, of course, like we were saying earlier, we don't know what we're doing. Like, we just don't. No. And like this, you know, the the mom that I was kind of referring to a few minutes ago where she was, you know, her doctor told her to pump to see how much milk she's making. And then she, you know, got this plug and then she's feeding a lot. And now she got this oversupply that she's trying to deal with and doesn't know if it feels right. And, you know, just uncomfortable and full. And then it becomes like, this is too much for me. I don't even know, if, you know, I, I don't know if breastfeeding's yep. worth it. Yep. And it's like, this is, it's going to be rocky. It's going to be a rocky road until you get things figured out. Like it doesn't start, it rarely starts off as this like, oh, everything's perfect. Yeah, because this person just got here. They don't have any idea what they're doing. You don't know what they're doing. You're doing, you know, you, 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 you need, you're going to need help. And breastfeeding, for people who want to breastfeed, this is the basis of pretty much everything that you're going to be doing. Your whole entire day is going to go surround around this. Your night is going to surround around this. Your choices from everything about, you know, what to do during the day or what to wear or Mm -hmm. what your plans are long term. This is all going to be surrounded around breastfeeding if this is what you are choosing to do. So this is an important thing. Yeah. You know, we go to the pediatrician. We go every time they tell us to, well, you need to come back in this time and this time. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, like we just keep going back. And which yeah. is good because if something's wrong, um, then we find out right away, you know, and then uh, then we get, you know, intervention early. But we don't yeah. do that with breastfeeding, even though that's probably bigger than anything else that's happening. I mean, it is the foundation of your baby's life. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I like we're not being dramatic. It really is. No. Um, one of the other things is nipple shields. Right. People use them a lot to help with problems. But I often find that people don't realize or they don't know why they have them. Right. Like they'll they'll Mm -hmm. get them in the hospital and they'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, the baby, I'm using a nipple shield. They'll call me and be like, whatever, I want to get the baby off the nipple shield. Okay. Why do we have the nipple shield? I don't know. They gave it to me in the hospital because the baby wasn't latching in the hospital. So they gave me a nipple shield. Nipple shields, like, there's a lot of, mixed opinions about nipple shields. Mm -hmm. A lot of them. Don't just go out and get yourself one without talking to somebody. And it it makes it sound like, um, like, Oh my God, this is the most dangerous thing in the world. It's not like it can, they can be helpful because they can help a baby latch. If the baby's struggling to latch, they can be a helpful tool, but they're a tool. It's not something you're supposed to use long-term and it's not something that you should be using without a lactation consultant to make sure what is going on here. Why do we need it? Why is it helping the baby? And we need to solve the problem or else the baby's, you're, you're not going to be able to feed the baby. Like you just, whatever reason you have the nipple shield, we need to find out why that is. So sometimes they get like, you know, oh, the baby's not latching in the hospital. Baby wasn't latching. They give you a nipple shield. Now, remember, and I worked in the hospital system, so I'm not saying this like as somebody who doesn't know. In the hospital, you are there for a very short period of time. They want to make sure your baby is feeding. They are not there to 
help you build a long-term relationship, breastfeeding Mm -hmm. relationship with your child. They want to make sure that baby's feeding before they leave. That is their mission. And they have a very short time to do that in. And how Abby was just saying that birth is, you know, so many interventions that go along with birth, all of that stuff impacts your baby too. And then your baby goes to breastfeed and they have, they're having a hard time because of a lot of that intervention that happened during birth. And we have episodes on, you know, birth interventions and stuff like that too. So we won't get into it like too deeply today, but Mm -hmm. that is one of the reasons why like that, that trickle down effect continues on in the breastfeeding too. So sometimes those shields come out because a baby's struggling to feed. Maybe they're too sleepy from the medications. Maybe you have too much swelling in your breast tissue because of all the fluid they gave you. And it's hard for the baby to latch. Like there's reasons why they pull those shields out if the baby's not latching. But it shouldn't be something that you need for a long-term period of time. We need to find out why, what is going on and why we need that nipple shield. But sometimes people are like, oh, um, I tried to latch the baby without it and they won't latch or I'm too afraid to try without it. Um, or if there's a lot of pain, like sometimes they'll get them at, you know, they'll mom will nipples will be torn up in the hospital already, which that's a red flag right there, but they'll give them a nipple shield because it helps to kind of like, you know, work as a barrier and then they're too afraid to u- not use it because they don't want to be hurt. It's like, well, we got to figure out why you were having so much pain to begin with. Mm-hmm. It's not just going to fix itself. So we really, you need to work with somebody with this. You need to really be like, okay, why do we have this nipple shield? And why is it helping my baby? And how can I feed without it? Because long-term, it is not a good solution. It really just isn't. We need to fix the problem. It's like constantly putting a Band-Aid on something. It's just not going to, without it, healing you know like it's just it's right. not a good answer to your problem and sometimes people just be like oh or they hear it on a mom's group or something like that oh just go out and get a nipple shield and sometimes they can be really helpful to get a baby to latch but they should not be what you need to get a baby to latch so if you are using one then we need to just figure out what's going on there and and how to get the baby off that shield sometimes it's just positioning I've seen that a lot. Like a lot of times people will be like, well, I'm trying to, you know, trying to get the baby off the nipple shield, but I, I can't, like they won't latch without it. I think they're addicted to the nipple. Sh- that's what I hear all the time now too. Like the baby's used to it. They're used to the nipple shield. Now they won't feed without it. Yes, they will. If we fix the problem, they will. Right. But a lot of times people, because nipple shields are such a crutch, you can slap that baby on in any position. Like, and we've talked about position, especially with newborns. Newborns need a lot of support and they need a lot of um, stability because they don't have any head and neck control. So you really do need to make sure that their positioning is is good and stable. And if you're not doing that, you're just plopping them on because there's a nipple shield and you can slide them right on with that. And then you take the nipple shield off and you try to do the same thing. You need to f- to change that positioning up. You need to really be conscious that you're giving your baby a lot of good stability and a lot of good head and neck control, and you are watching that positioning. So sometimes that's all the problem is. Sometimes people will be like, "Oh my god, the baby will never latch without the nipple shield," and we fix the positioning and it's fine. Like we just I, need to do what the baby needs you to do. That's all. Yeah, I feel like positioning leads to lots of issues. Oh my god, so many issues, so many issues, and they don't really 
people don't really talk too much about positioning, like in the hospital no. or, you know, or they don't like, sometimes they'll be like, did anybody see the baby positioned in the hospital? And they'll be like, no, because that does happen. Like there's only so much time. There's only so many lactation consultants and there's so many patients that they might pop in when the baby's not feeding. They might not know, you know, nobody maybe ever saw it or you have a nurse helping you that doesn't really know, wasn't really formally trained either. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't really get any good information. Nope. About positioning. Sometimes people are like, can you help me with positions? Because they showed me one in the hospital and I don't know how to do anything else. Because you kind of stick with that one thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. So it's positioning is is huge. Like sometimes all we need to do is tweak positioning and all the problems are over. And people don't realize it's that simple. But it really can be. So if you are using a nipple shield, that is something that we need to to figure out why. And stop using it pretty quickly. Don't just run out and grab one and like use it for your entire breastfeeding relationship. And I've known people that have done that. And I think that's like a really difficult way to get through. But um, we, we got to figure out why, you know, we got to figure out what's going on there. Is there a pain in the butt? Really? Like, yeah. You lose them. I know. Cause that's what people always them. end up. People always end up wanting to get off it. Yeah. People aren't usually like, Oh, I love this. Usually, like, how do I stop using this? Right. What do I do? Which was like, yeah. So, and I imagine, yeah. I mean, I imagine there's so many problems. But so when you worked in the hospital, when you were seeing babies that were just born, what was like the number one problem you would see people having? Probably latch and pain were the two biggest things. Like babies being able to even latch. And that could be because they're so sleepy from meds. They're so like, you know, they're not, they're uncoordinated. We know epidurals make, can can make, I'm not saying they do. Epidurals can make babies a little bit uncoordinated. So mm. sometimes babies are like, what the heck are we doing here? I have no idea what's going on. And which they usually are anyway, but that'll make it worse. So sometimes we have these babies that just aren't latching well at all. They go on, they don't know what to do. They pull off, they're crying, they're, you know, fussy. They're, we don't know what the baby, we don't understand them. They're not going on. So they must be starving to death and they're not getting any milk. Like they're so, everything just like goes off the rails because nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. Well, that's what we were talking before about how um, birthing interventions lead to more interventions, but also birthing is not separate from breastfeeding. Mm-mm. So like these birthing interventions, like they extend into breastfeeding. Yeah. And sometimes it's unavoidable. You just have to know what to expect. Right. And that's really what comes down, what it comes down to. It's like, okay, it's unavoidable, but if you're expecting it and you know what to expect from it, then you can prepare. Yeah. And you can know, oh, okay, this is the problem, you know, whatever. Um, but people don't connect the two. Like you just don't, people just really just don't connect that those two things are yeah, are yeah. related to each other. Right. They think, well, why would, why would the birth impact the baby at all? It's like, oh my God, everything about the birth impacts the baby. So the baby just it, can't complain about it. Like we can. <laughs> I know it's not an easy road for anybody. So, you know, babies are traumatized too. Totally. But we also just kind of like think that these babies just know what they're doing and they really don't. So what we sometimes what we think are problems are really just normal behavior and things that are really problems. People don't think is a problem, like having too much milk. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And people think it's not a problem, but having too much milk, which more people are walking around with over oversupply than people realize. Mm-hmm. But in fact, I had somebody. 
texted me the other day and was sa- and said that, you know, oh, you know, I'm still not getting much milk when I pump. And I was like, okay, you know, because her doctor's office told her that it wasn't enough and it was like three ounces. Oh my God. And they said that's not enough. Well, and I was like, what? you're not going to pump more than that unless you have an oversupply. Right. I was like, no, that's how often she's pumping. That could be an oversupply. Right. And I was like, that's not, no, that's, and she's like, oh, they said it wasn't. I'm like, no, that's not true. (laughs) So we don't know, like, like you said, you don't know what's normal. People don't know what's normal. Yep. So they look at something and they think it's not normal. So then they cause more problems for themselves trying to fix what they don't know isn't, is just totally normal. Yeah. And this is the land of excess, right? Like our Slurpees are like, what, 52 (laughs) ounces? Like, yeah. just because that's the size My of God. Diet Coke that you drink doesn't mean that that's how much milk your baby's supposed to be having. Right. And it, it really was interesting. I'll have to, maybe I'll try to link this um, mastitis protocol in the, in the show notes because it really is interesting. They talk about the plug ducts and, you know, treatment and all that stuff. Um, but they do say in here that you shouldn't pump more than what the baby's going to eat. Like, that's bottom line. Like if your baby is eating three ounces, you should stop pumping at three ounces. Like you oh, should not be triggering more of a supply than you need to that be. That is really interesting. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Yeah. yeah. And where people are like, they just pump, pump, pump. And the other thing that people don't realize too is how much damage pumps really do. Because they really just, they really do. They really skew a lot of things and they throw things off and it just, it's damaging. People pump for like long periods of time. That could be really damaging to the nipple, um, damaging to the breast tissue. They're putting it on super high. They're strangling it with yeah. shields and flanges that don't fit. Like there is just so much focus on pumping. And it is a really, it can be really a huge part of the problem. Yeah. I think and we, we know think that like, you have to. Yeah. I mean, we think of low milk as being a problem, but we never, we just think like, oh, you should just pump as much as you can. Just, you know, it's, there's never, there's no such thing as too much breast milk, you know, because we just think of low as being so bad. Right. So it's like, well, just pump, just punch as much, pump as much as you can. That's not a problem. But it is. It can be for certain, for some people, it really can be. And I definitely meet people who have a lot of milk who don't have any problems with it. They're not uncomfortable. They're not leaking all over the time. They're not getting plugged milk ducts. They're not getting mastitis. So they're comfortable. It's like, okay, then let's not, let's not fix what's not broken. Let's leave it alone and let it go. But if you are coming to me, you know, and telling me how uncomfortable you are, how full you are and how plugged you are. And, but you're, you know, pumping, you're feeding and pumping and feeding and pumping. Like that is a problem that we need to break the cycle of because you, your body shouldn't be doing that. Like you shouldn't be making huge amounts of milk for a baby. That's not going to drink that much milk. And we shouldn't expect your baby to drink all that milk because, and you shouldn't, but like you said, like we live in this world of excess where people want tons of milk in the freezer and they want tons of milk for the baby. And if they don't have it, they become very anxious because they just want to have all this milk. And a lot of it does come out of anxiety. Like a lot of these problems do really come out of anxiety. And we all know that that's a a real, real thing and a real issue in our society now. Yeah. Okay. I have another question. So then you were working in the, in the peds office Mm -hmm. with babies that were like days to months old, whatever. Yeah. What was the biggest problem you would see then with those people, with those babies? 
I feel like the biggest problem I saw with them was not knowing normal infant behavior and not knowing what oh, to expect. Yeah. I think that was probably the biggest thing with people to be like, my baby's not sleeping. My baby doesn't want to be put down. My baby wants to feed all the time. Are they starving? Um, I don't think I have enough milk because the mm-hmm. baby's fussy. I don't think I have enough, you know, I think my milk is bad because the baby's fussy, like stuff like that. Um, once we got past like, okay, your baby's, you know, latching and feeding and you're not having any pain, then it was a lot of, but it was always that. Like those problems still were there of like, is a baby latch, right? I'm having breast pain or I'm nipple pain or whatever. But then we always still on top of that had all those other, is, is it, what is wrong with the baby? There's something wrong with the baby. Mm-hmm. I can that so is, relate to that. Yeah. That's probably yep. the biggest thing. And I've it's, you know, something was a, wrong. a lot of times not breastfeeding related at all. Yeah. I said because we, yeah. The other day. And we were mm-hmm. just talking about not understanding breastfeeding, but we don't understand babies at all. No, we don't. They're just weird yeah. little things, and we don't know what they're supposed to be doing, so everything just seems wrong. <laughs> they're not doing what we're doing, so it's, you right. know, they're not sleeping when we're sleeping, and they're not yeah. eating when we're eating. They're, you know, they're doing something wrong. Yeah. And they're making all these weird noises, and they seem really uncomfortable all the time. Yeah. And they cry, and we don't know why. We're happy. They're not happy. Why? Well, you're going to say you had somebody the other day. Yeah. And that was like part of the thing. Like, I was like, this is not a feeding problem. You know, like this is not, this isn't related to feeding. This is just your baby. Um, (laughs) Your baby's just weird. I know. And people really like, I don't know what to expect when they have these babies. And Uh it's, that is part, you know, that's, I think part of a, part of a breastfeeding problem because we just don't know what to expect when we have them. And what we get is really not what we expect. But if we do like things that you should be doing from the start. So if you're pregnant and you're listening, it's like, okay, feeding on demand, just responding to your baby, feeding on demand, keeping your baby with you, you know, rooming in in the hospital and feeding on demand, just without questioning all the things. But when we start going, when people start saying things like, oh, your baby's eating again, I don't think you need to do that. Oh, your baby's cluster feedings because your milk's not in yet and they're starving. Let's just give formula. Like Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff really disrupts the process. And that's where we start having problems. Let's well, pump yeah, so that it, your milk comes in faster. And then we, you know, like that kind of stuff disrupts the process and it makes a problem. It causes problems. Yeah. I feel like the second biggest problem in the hospital has to be all the supplementing. Oh, God. Because when huge. I was there, it seemed like that was just a normal thing. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like on an individual basis. It was like, here, here's some formula to supplement until your milk comes in. Until your milk comes in. Like here's some formula until your milk comes in. Yeah. That's what it was. And so, I mean, no one's milk is in as soon as they give the baby, give birth to the baby. Right. So then right. they're all, so everybody gets formula. And I know there's people listening who didn't get formula. Okay. But most people do. A lot of babies do. There's a huge amount of babies that get supplemented early, early, like in the first two days of life. Yeah, right. And that then all the time. they're just drinking formula and then your body's not being stimulated. And then mm-hmm. here we go. Yep. Down the long line of interventions. Yeah. It really becomes a struggle. It really does. So get get it, handle it first. You know, like if you would, sometimes when you're in the hospital, you can't control a lot of this stuff because again, it's a lot of it does come from the birth interventions. So if you come out of the hospital with a nipple shield pumping with a baby that's not latching well, definitely reach out to a lactation consultant and get the help early because 
turn it around. And it can be. Sometimes people be like three weeks and people are like, oh my God, is it too late? I'm like, no. Baby's oh my God, I was old. months. I was months into like, supplementing when I when we finally turned it around. Yeah. Months. Like you can turn it around. Mm-hmm. It didn't it happen really until just, I called a lactation consultant. Right. Because I didn't know what to do. But Nobody she knew it right away. She was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, this is it's okay. Well, happens all the time and we'll figure it out. Yeah. And same I mean, thing with Exley. Even when I had my second, he, you know, because your second is like your first. Yeah. Every child you have is like your first. Yep. And, you know, then I reached out a little earlier because I knew where to go, but that was kind of cheating because I was the badass breastfeeder. So I had like lactation consultants galore at yeah. my fingertips. <laughs> um, but, you know, e- even if I hadn't, just calling one to be like, this is what's going on. Yeah, And sometimes it's just a phone call. Like it literally is sometimes just like one console. It, it usually is one consultation. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. And people ask that they'll be like, how many visits? Like, cause you know, they're trying to c- think about the money thing and all that yeah. stuff. And I'm like, usually one, unless it's really like, you know, a big problem, then maybe two, but usually one. And then if you have questions, I'll answer your questions. Yeah. People text me for questions or whatever. If it's something that I think I need to see you for, I'll tell you. But yeah. I'm not trying to like scam people out of money. I mean, I'd be rich and I'm not. <laughs> we so. have to be doing this. I know, right? <laughs> Just yeah, make so we much do this money doing we love this it. too. I know, right? No, we do love <laughs> We're raking in the dough. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I laugh really, every day when I drive to the bank to deposit oh all my God. cash. Oh, no. I know. I know it, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's not, Yeah. So yeah, so that's, we covered a few problems, hope it was helpful, um, but yeah, there's always, always stuff that comes up. So maybe we'll do more of these episodes yeah, too. Yeah, this there's is always good. Problems. Yeah. Because yeah, there's, there's always, all, yeah, stuff. we can break down the problems and. Yeah. Problem and solution. Sounds good. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.